Bakery and Snack Chat podcast, and I'm Jill Hislop, editor of Bakery and Snacks. Today, I'm joined by Tom Russell, Managing Director of Everfresh, which, in collaboration with Camden BRI and Holmac, has received £650,000 grant from Innovate UK to identify new ways to improve the nutritional qualities and shelf life of baked goods through the use of sprouted grains and pasteurization. Please tell me more about the project. So the project is it's about looking at what are the nutritive values within a grain of wheat or a grain of rye and how can those be enhanced and and spicing we know or everybody knows or people in the health industry know that things are changed when you sprice so you release nutrients you change the structure of things and i was getting phone calls from people saying very interesting i'm a celiac but i can eat your sprouted wheat bread right which doesn't make sense because if you're a celiac and you eat wheat you know you, you can end up seriously ill so this got me thinking, well, look, what exactly is happening within the spriting of the grain? And, you know, there's lots of anecdotal stories, but we decided to, to put a team together to look at, look at it in a bit more detail, to look and see if we could work out how we could in, increase that process or increase the, the benefits, because we've been baking stuff for 25 years and right. or baking sprouted grain for 25 years. But... I began to think, well, maybe there's slightly more to it. If we were able to maybe process the grain slightly differently, treat it slightly differently in the ovens, treat it slightly differently in the, in the preservation method, maybe we might be able to preserve more of those nutrients if we understood more about what they were. And similarly, what else could we blend together to maybe increase the nutritive value of the grain? All right. So that was, that, was, that was the project, really. That was how it started. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, obviously we, we, we have a 10-month shelf life on this product without any preservatives, which is quite, and it's ambient as well, not frozen. So there is something quite interesting in what we do that no one else seems to do. And it was how could we, how can we, you know, how can we maximize that? And then on top of it was things like the backlash against plastic, which is, you know, plastic is a real problem at the moment. And the consumer has definitely picked up on the message that, maybe a world with a little less plastic isn't a bad idea. So we've started to look at alternative packaging materials that we might be able to use that would reduce the reliance on plastic as part of the project, um, which is challenging because the consumer wants plastic. I mean, the consumer, sorry, the consumer wants a world without plastic, but when it actually comes to making that choice at the till, they quite often still choose plastic because, well, that's convenient and, and well, how, can't, how can I live without it? Right. So, you know, the, 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 there is this sort of disjointed this misconnection between the consumer and reality, I think. But that, that's, that's, you know, that's for bigger companies than us to, um, to affect the change, I think. Absolutely. But we're still looking at it. Now, I believe you have teamed up with Camden BRI and Holmac. Yes, we've teamed up with those two companies, um, partly because um, Camden, obviously, they are a, a, a foremost food laboratory. Um, we, I've worked with them on a couple of other projects in the past, 
and um, they seem like an ideal partner and we're very keen to understand this sort of slightly new area of baking for them. And then Holmac, partly because of their knowledge in um, pasteurization and preservation techniques, uh, heat treatment, and they also have a couple of sister companies that look at that look at other methods of processing, like uh, RoboCubo, for example, which is one of their companies that does a different way of processing the grain into a paste. Right. So yeah, so so they were a natural choice. And again, you know, I, I I've worked with Holmac in the past, sort of off and on on a couple of smaller projects. So it seemed like a good fit. You have received £650,000 grant from Innovator UK. How will yep. this further the project? Obviously, that, 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 that gets split between the partners, um, depending upon what level of input they want to have or have predicted that they'll have. And what it's enabled us to do is it's enabled us to um, put personnel resources in place to be able to run the project, to be able to look at or purchase more sophisticated levels of equipment um, that the project identified as being necessary mm -hmm. um, because you know there was some some of it because we're talking about nutrition and the breakdown of nutrients right. some of the nutrients are very heat sensitive so the shorter the time you can process an ingredient or process a finished product the less damage you might do to the remaining nutrients yes. so but in order to do that, you need to have quite sensitive measuring equipment, much more control over, you know, say the heat side of life. So, for example, the the, the new retort that we purchased as part of the grant uh, enables us to control the process to plus or minus half a degree. Right. Wow. Which, you know, is is it, I mean, from the the stuff we used to use, which I I suspect was plus or minus five degrees. That's a huge difference when it comes to protein breakdown, for example, or amino acid structure. So there were, there were things that we were just not able to or would not be been in a position to purchase as a small company without this grant um, that's now enabled the product. So, so you know, for example, one of the things we're looking at is how we pasteurize the products and we're actually able to, we think, shorten the process by probably almost 50% right. on some of the products because we have a far greater level of accuracy than we ever had before. And if you can, you know, if we're saving, if we're cutting a process down by 50%, not only is, is the product going to benefit, but also it's less energy, it's less water. You know, we can, it, it, it's an amazing saving for us to have been able to make. There are certain bits of equipment and certain access to people, access to Camden, for example, that the amount of time that it's taken us to develop one of our new ranges with Camden would have cost just an incredible sum of money. Yet, with this Innovate grant, Hamden were able to allocate time to work with us to develop the product. And, yeah, and, and we're, still, we're still working on some of it, but the, the new range of cakes, for example, came out of the beginning of the project quite quickly. Right. Um, and it was, you know, it was largely down to the, the coming together of the minds that enabled us to produce this. The cakes. Tell me a little bit more about them. So, the, so what? So what makes the cakes interesting is that they they're vegan, and they're obviously therefore vegetarian. But they have no added sugar, and they have no so they have no added sugar. They obviously have no dairy product, and when you, when we think of what when you make a cake, you use egg, flour, sugar, and and butter. Right. And so to to, to do that, 
to, to take that away but still have a cake that is quite palatable is quite a skill. And similarly, similarly, you know, most of the cakes, if you go to a supermarket and you buy a cake, mm -hmm. it's got an incredibly high amount of sugar. I mean, staggeringly high. And that's because, not, uh, and also they've also got um, preservatives in them as well, but the sugar is a preservative. And in order to get the shelf life that you have to have for some of these ambient cakes, you have to pack them with sugar, right. which is not great, really let alone the, you know, the, the, the potassium sorbates and things that also go to preserve sweet treats like muffins and cakes. So our product is, A, it's vegan, so there's no added sugar, there's no added dairy product or, 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 or egg, but also it has a 10-month ambient shelf life and at less than 30% sugar, which is, which is a huge saving against sort of 55 60% you get in some other cakes. So it's sort of half the sugars, sugars as opposed to sugar. So it's an incredible saving. Uh, and also it combines the benefits of the sprouted grain. So when you sprout grain, you're, you're, you're changing bad stuff into good stuff. So there are things that protect the seed. If you think of what a seed is, a seed can sit for hundreds of years if necessary until the conditions are right to grow. Right. And it can't do that unless there are physical defenses, i.e. the bran or the outer layer, but also there will be chemical defenses that stop moles attacking it or stop insects eating the grain. And when you, when you make flour, you just basically take a grain and you grind it up into a, into a powder. You don't change it in any physical way other than making it smaller bits. But when you sprout, that energy store, if you like, right. has to become an energy supply for the growing embryo. So all the complex carbohydrates and starches and other things break down and become quite simple so that they can be dissolved and translocated through the plant to the point of growth. And if you can capture them at that simple point, then so many more nutrients become more readily absorbed by the body, more bioavailable, because they're smaller molecules and therefore the body can absorb them more simply. But also a lot of the nasty things like phytic acids, for example, they break down and therefore they no longer have the, the debilitating effect that it is believed that they do have. For example, they bind to things like selenium and magnesium and zinc and they make a, nutrient, and make a molecule that's basically too big to be absorbed by the body. So a lot of these good things go straight through you because the body can't absorb them because they're too big. Right. So, so by absorbing some of that within the cake, you end up with possibly a more nutritious and better for you product if you still want your sweet treat that's maybe not so sweet and not so full of other things that you don't necessarily want to eat. What is the expected timeline of the entire project? The, the, the project's just over two years. So we're, we've just finished our fifth quarter. So we're a year and a bit in. And it's, it's been fascinating. It's been quite hard work because we've moved, we've moved location in the middle of it. We've moved from Aylesbury to Gloucestershire. Right. So there was a bit of upheaval in the, in, in, in the middle of it. Um, but we've we're working you know some of the work that camden's doing is really interesting looking at what other things we can put with sprouted seeds to in, enhance the nutritional value okay. which is which is possibly the more one of the more secret aspects of the project because there are things that we can put in that i think will make a more rounded nutritional package than just sprouted wheat because you know, our main selling line is a product made from 100% sprouted wheat. We don't even add water to it. 
but there will be things that the body might require that aren't present in something that is made from 100% wheat. And so it's what else, what can we add simply that keeps to the really pure process that we operate that would give us a, ra a more rounded nutritional package. And so it's, it's, it's sprouting, what, what else can you eat that is pure and simple, not manufactured, not, not an additive that will round out that package. And that's what we're working on with Camden quite a lot of the, quite a lot of the time, um, as, well as, as well as enhancing the cakes. Uh, we, we've in effect got about, well, there are 10 new product areas that we're looking at that are completely different from where what we're currently selling um, that, that have come as a direct result of, the, of, the, of this project so far. And it would take us into a completely, two or three completely different sectors than what we're currently in. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's really exciting. It's quite daunting, I can imagine. but it's really exciting. It's really exciting. Can you tell me about those sectors that you're looking at? Well, I think, I think if you look at, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of talk about plant-based diets at the moment. Not vegan or anything like that necessarily, but plant-based and plant alternatives. And it's in those sort of areas that we're looking at because the sprouting process is quite complicated mm -hmm. and it's quite specialized. And then you've got the preservation side because there's an awful lot of, you know, for example, if you're a, if you're a celiac, there's an awful lot of products out there that are gluten-free, fantastic. But then they fill them with humectants and glycerins and all these other things mm -hmm. to give them the shelf life or give them some form of flexibility or structure that makes them vaguely palatable. But the problem is, if you've got a, if you've got a nutritional problem and yes. your stomach is really sensitive, sure, you might be able to eat a slice of something that resembles bread, but then you've got all these other things in there that cannot be good for you. So what we're doing is looking at a lot of things and seeing have we got something here that can go into these sectors that uses the benefits of sprouting. So yeah, it's, it's, um, it's, it's eye-opening actually. Apart from wheat or rye, are there any other grains that you are focusing on? Well, we use spelt um, as well because spelt is yeah, it's, it's a traditional grain that people who had wheat intolerance can eat in place of wheat. Um, having said that, it's an expensive product. It's quite variable because the way you have to, to turn it into something that you can eat, it has a husk on it. You have to take the husk off and that can quite often damage the grain and then it doesn't sprout, which obviously is a bit of a problem. Um, it's not so bad if you're going to mill it into flour because you're not worried about it, about the, germ the germination factor. Um, so there's, but there's things like barley and oats. I mean, barley, there's been a huge amount of work done on barley in, in cattle. And they've shown that sprouted barley, or cattle-fed sprouted barley, put on weight faster than cattle-fed barley meal, non-sprouted barley. Mm -hmm. um, the, the nutrients, are, you know, the, they just put on weight faster, and therefore it's cheaper because you can turn them around quicker. And yeah, so 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 there's barley, there's oats. We, we've done work with buckwheat, um, which is interesting. Um, it has a funny flavour, but but we, you know, you're in France, so you have crepe quite a lot. Yes. And, and crepes are made from buckwheat flour, typically, which they call which they call blé noir, black wheat, buckwheat. Right. Um, and and that's why the French crepes are so small is because buckwheat doesn't have gluten. So your crepes stay very very thin because there's no sort of 
there's not really much ability for the crepe to rise because there's no gluten structure to trap the bubbles. Right. So, so a lot of people, a lot of people eat gluten-free stuff without really thinking about it. You know, rice. Two-thirds of the world eat rice. Don't eat, they don't eat wheat. Um, sprouting rice. Um, again, it, it, it's it's an interesting grain to work with, and yeah, hopefully we might crack part of that as well. Will these products be sold under a specially created brand name, or are you going to keep them under the Everfresh brand? At the moment, it's all going to be under Everfresh. The cakes, the cakes we've launched under Everfresh, they're out there already. We've got nine cakes out there. They're, some of them are Holland and Barrett. I've got a couple of meetings lined up with a couple of the supermarkets shortly, um, once the summer's over, um, because obviously they're very interested in, in um, this sort of veganism plant-based lack of sh- reduced sugar which is exactly what we exactly what our cakes offer and there is nothing out there like them right so um i think at the moment the everfresh brand name is is probably going to stay certainly for sort of certainly for some of the products whether whether we get into a slightly more interesting discussion with a couple of the routes that we could end up with is another matter I, you know, I can talk for hours about sprouting and grains and flour and things. But, <laughs> but, um, it's fascinating. It really is. It really is. It's really very, very interesting. And I really hope that, um, I really hope that some of the supermarkets will pick up on us and, and say, well, actually, there is something quite special here that we that we're that we're missing out on at the moment.